What's up, guys? Welcome back to a Thursday edition of Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. <laughs> Jesus. So, uh, we've been drinking <laughs> a little bit. Uh, we're a little tired, uh, but we're going to fucking pound out some fucking awesome zombie movies for you in our segment called Zombie Noms 2. Zomnoms 2. Yeah, so Zomnoms. If you uh, guys have been following us for some time, you may recognize this uh, title. Uh, but it is called Zombie Noms 2. The first one we did, we had director Jake West of Evil Aliens and Doghouse that did it with us. We talked about a, quite a few uh, different zombie movies that we thought were pretty cool. We wanted to pick a Two unique ones that uh, we thought that you guys should check out that are specifically dealing one from Korea, one from Japan. South Korea. South Korea. <laughs> Korea. Korea. Uh, <laughs> so South Korea. Fine. God damn it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like if you come from North Korea, you're probably not talking to us. <laughs> There's no internet there. Uh, and if there is, it's probably only like in their country or something like that. Mm-hmm. But there is a movie called Train to Busan that we're going to be talking about, as well as another movie from Japan that is called I Am a Hero. Yes. Both of these are pretty awesome zombie flicks. So we're going to kick it off with our flesh and, and potatoes right now. Alright guys, we're back. We're going to be talking about one of these two movies right now. Uh, We're going to actually kick it off with I Am a Hero from 2015 that was made in Japan. Japan. Although some of the movie was actually filmed in South Korea. So, little known tidbit there. Little known tidbit. So the story of I Am a Hero is one day after returning from work late, In the evening, Hideo witnesses a traffic accident in which a car crashes into a nearby pedestrian, killing the victim instantly. (laughs) Sorry. Which this is like, this is so off. It's awful. It's because it's almost like they didn't want to tell. Right. I agree. Um, 
However, despite severe injuries, including a broken neck, the victim's body stands up and walks away. Hideo questions whether this is another one of his hallucinations, but strange events begin happening around him. Which is really not that good. <laughs> it's not a good description. So, no. But I wanted to mention it because I was like, eh? But anyway, technically, the story is about a manga writer, a guy who is an assistant to a manga writer, who pretty much pencils in some manga work on a very small company that makes manga uh, in Japan. And he also has like extremely heavy daydreams about being awesome and cool. And typically, he's just a pushover kind of nerdy guy that doesn't stand up for himself. This is a kid who got a like 15th place or something like that in some sort of manga thing. And because of it, his like geared his entire life to try to make manga. Mm -hmm. And so he's trying to write some manga on the side, but he's not been real successful at it. Nobody likes his shit, in other words. (laughs) Um, And so some crazy shit happens, and then zombies take over, and he comes to fruition as a hero, possibly. Eventually. Yeah, eventually. So the director is Shinsuke Sato, who has done movies like Gantz, Gantz 2, The Princess Blade, which he wrote also, based off of a a story of Lady Snowblood. (laughs) He also did Death Note, a TV show. He also did Death Note, a TV, uh, a new generation miniseries, I guess it was, not just a TV show. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, he did Death Note, Light Up a New World, Library Wars, Bleach, he's prepared to do for 2018 if you guys are fans of the animation really? or anime um bleach neat he's doing a live action version of that he's known to do live action versions of of material that's already been out okay. uh it's also written by akiko nogi who also wrote library wars and lucky seven which are also movies that shinsuke sato also have done who is the director the cast is masami nagasawa who was in Godzilla Final Wars from Up on Poppy Hill. Was this an animation? She did the voiceover for it. She's also in the I Am a Hero TV series, which they continued on with. Yo Azumi, who plays Hideo. He is the main character. He is in a movie called Howl's Moving Castle, which looks kind of cool. What is that? Have you seen that? Yeah, Howl's Moving. You ever seen Howl's Moving Castle? No. Is it? What is it? Is it gory or what is it? No, I don't. I mean, not it's that like I a kid's remember. Thing or? It's not. I don't know. It's not necessarily a kids thing, but I know almost everybody that's into like anime type. Oh, I didn't know that. Duff really likes it. I know, like oh, a friend of mine, Sydney, is like a super huge fan. Really, I'm gonna have to check this out then. He also did a live action Tokyo Ghoul and Full Metal Alchemist. Hmm. So, um, also it stars Kasumi Aramura, who plays Hiromi. Who is also in Spec, S P E C, Heaven, Geeky Joban, Spec, <laughs> and this weird movie called Josie's, which is kind of like the version, the Japanese version. Well, I don't know if it's Japanese, but a version of Power Rangers with girls. Sweet. They're called Josie's. Sweet. So I thought it was kind of interesting. I'm into it. I would list more people. There's a lot of people in here, but those are the three main characters, in my opinion, for the most part. 
Um, what are your thoughts on this movie? It was so fun. <laughs> yeah? Yes, I was super excited. Like, when, when you recommended this one as, like, one that we could do for this week, I was like, yeah. So, like, oh, you watched the trailer first. I watched you're like, the trailer. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Oh yeah. Like immediately, I was like, not even two minutes into the trailer, and I was like, yep, sold. Like I instantly was like, I'm into it. Let's do it. I fucking love Japanese horror and like thriller movies anyway. So I don't know if it's a thriller. It's a horror like thriller. You think it's, it's, it's not a, necessarily thriller, but it's more like horror comedy. It's like action horror. But if I anything. feel like it's more like comedy like horror comedy maybe yeah than anything but i don't know i two minutes into the fucking like trailer i was super sold so because i had approached alex with like i really want to watch trained busan like i've wanted to watch it for a while like we try to find something that we could like pair it with and he made this recommendation and i was like "Mm." yeah and this is that trained busan was one of the Top 25 movies of 2016, by the way, for us, um, which we're not going to be doing as many this year when we wrap up. We're going to pick like five each that we liked, that that we saw, that we really enjoyed. Yeah. Clearly, we can't watch every single horror movie that ever came out. That's too many. That's just a lot of fucking movies, you know, especially when you're mixing it in with whatever we do. But we'll have a top top five for you this year um, after the new year. Mm -hmm. So, but... So, so you really enjoyed it, though. I did really enjoy it. It was fucking smart and fun from start to finish. I had a really good time watching it, um, and it was cool. Like it, it had its own different take on the zombie virus. Yeah, it's a little twisted, a little which different. It's what I liked about both of these movies, quite honestly. Yeah. So it's the little takeaway from that, and like, it's the I feel like the zombie like franchise and and stuff is very played out tired it's very tired it's been every possible element has been done a million times and it gets boring right and you're just like oh god another fucking zombie movie like i'm over it yeah i'm over it right Mm. this and train are both very 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 different right and in their own way they're extremely unique and very entertaining so I loved this specifically because it felt like a live action manga, 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 whatever. Like I'm probably I think it's saying manga, it wrong. But I could be wrong. But which is perfect because this is based off of a manga, which is like one of the top selling and most popular like zombie outbreak outbreak esque mangas of all time. Yeah, so, I think it was like uh, I think they said it was in like, like top ten, top ten or something. Yeah, top mm-hmm. ten or fifteen or something like that. Yep. So yeah. So you really enjoyed it, though. I did. I had so much fun with this movie. Yeah. Was, Anything else you want to add to it? Like, the whole time, I was just watching it. Like, yes! Yes! <laughs> like, laughing my fucking ass off. Like, all stoked. Like There were was, some really funny parts in it. There are very, very funny parts in it. And it gets a little serious at times. And it gets a little, like, daunting. Yeah. Um, and really kind of makes... It's harrowing in a lot of situations. And it's very... It gets dark. And they, there's good story to it but it does it is a live action manga manga i'm i'm gonna say this wrong the whole time manga manga it's a live action manga and it's fantastic it plays out really really well like how they paced it was perfect so i overall had a very very good time watching this movie nice yeah i mean i this is the second time i've seen it in an actual you know, t- seeing it twice now, I'm like, when I watch this again, I'm like, fuck yes. Mm-hmm. I think I had a better experience the second time watching it than I did the first time. I can see that. I don't know why, but it just was just better for me the second time, I think. I feel like there is some parts in it that are a little bit long, 
a little uh, slow-paced, so there is a little bit of a drag part in it, but if you actually are paying attention, it's really, it's just toned down from the stuff you see in the beginning and at the end. Mm -hmm. So it's, but they have some really cool stuff in it, so I thought it was really funny. I thought it was genuinely like, uh, I don't know, it has this like character life to it that just really pushes the film into a new direction in a way. Uh, it's just a lot of fun. I mean, obviously, the story was really good in the manga, as we said. You know, it was pulled from some great source material. They did change some things up from the manga, so it's a right. little bit different. But it's still like very entertaining. I think it's, you know, it, it is a little bit long, I think, for some people. I didn't feel that way at all, but... I'm personally just because I was entertained. Okay. It, I was never bored at any point. Um, but there's so much in the manga. It's crazy. Right. You know, the character development that goes into each individual character and the whole story that goes into the manga is super, super fucking long and dedicated and very detail oriented. And they can't possibly like dial that back into a hour and 45 minute long film right you know if they really wanted to try and do justice to the manga it would have been like a four-hour movie more or i more. think they could make a tv show at least it, they it needs to be a full-on fucking tv series yeah like, quite honestly it needs to because there's so much fucking source information that they just can't even touch upon in a movie and if you actually delve not even deeply but somewhat deeply into each individual character from the manga you notice instantaneously that there's big vast differences between this the original story and then what they do for the movie they can't even touch they barely even get to breach the surface right they try to make it because uh, you know like reading a comic book and watching a movie is two totally different experiences. Yes. There's two totally different uh, ways of perceiving things and visualizing things. Um, you know, like, I don't know. It's just a little bit different. It carries you in a little bit of a different way. And I think movies are a little bit different with the pacing. Pacing is very important in a movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, it is important in a comic. Um, don't get me wrong, but it's, it, you know, once you're like reading and watching and looking at the pages and stuff like that, little things pull you in and, you know, I don't know. It's different. It's a different pace. Well, statistically, you're more likely to keep reading a book over a movie. I don't know. For a longer period of time. At least with me, because I've, if you're a book I've, reader, I've maybe. read very extensive novels that have boring-ass fucking parts that last for 200 pages. Right. Okay. They're boring and fucking throwaway, but your ass is still going to fucking read it the entire time, and you're going to just be holding on because you're waiting for that little bit that you've been waiting for for <laughs> 300 pages prior to that. Yeah. And you're just going to you're gonna stay in well, there. Well, there's an investment. There is an investment. Yeah. And that's absolutely what it is, is there is an investment. You have put so much time and effort into this fucking story, so it's completely different when you're reading a book or a manga or comics or whatever versus watching a movie. Movie is instant glorification or instant right, gratification. I know what you mean. Instant. It's just easier to, to, to take in because there's a lot of information coming at you and you can kinda like right. grasp on it however it is. Yeah, so, and I mean I, I'm I'm much more of like a, a reader over anything. Like I love to read over watching anything. Right. But I okay. love when they make theatrical versions of books that I am interested in because it's it provides a 
a physical view form for me. Well, and technically, what I've been picturing in my head the entire time I've been reading it, it's like my it takes my imagination and brings it to life, or how my brain interprets what I'm reading. Well, it can go both ways, right? Yeah, I mean, people who are like like religious like fans of like the source material are going to be a little bit more particular about how yeah. things end up. I they're mean, probably not going to be as happy because they skipped out on a lot of shit. And we talked about to. it with like. Um, the Walking Dead, like how people were more accepting of The Walking Dead as a TV show. How many people that watch that show do that? Have they ever read the comic? We don't know. Not a lot. Yeah. I feel like, but it was a successful comic. So, Very. and this was too. So, but I feel like that's that's part of what the the big drop. That's this is totally unrelated. But I feel like a lot of the big drop off of people who have read the fucking graphic novels or the comics for Walking Dead that's who's not watching the show anymore right because it's gone so fucking far off the deep end it's not even remotely the same and that's why I stopped watching it it's kind of lost itself so it's it's completely lost itself and it's like you have a perfect fucking story why not follow it be curious if we had already read the manga how we would feel about this movie I know I'm kind of disappointed in a way that like we didn't like well it definitely makes me curious to read him oh I want to so bad yeah that little bit of research that I did into it, I was like, this manga is so far up my fucking alley. You know, I want to fucking read it. One of my favorite mangas that I've read is, oh man, Junji Ito's um, uh, Uzumaki. Mm. Oh my God, dude. That shit is bad shit. Like, bad shit fucking crazy. Well, I've never been like super into manga. I feel like just because I, I never... You, I, I'm gonna, I have, I'm gonna send you, I'm gonna give you the uh, the Uzumaki thing. Mm-hmm. You're gonna fucking love it. Oh, I'm sure. Like, and I mean, but I've always read comics, and I was always into dark comics. Like, I mean, I've read The Walking Dead. I read Faust, which Faust is like one of my favorite fucking comic series of all okay. time, and I love Crossed. Crossed is my favorite, mm. favorite, absolute fucking favorite comic of all fucking time is Crossed. And like no one fucking knows what it is, and it blows my. Fucking I've heard mind. of it, but I don't. I've never read it. It's intense, and it is like in your fucking face, fucks you in your mouth. Like it's absolutely <laughs> no. I'm serious. Like it is fucking crazy. Well, let me take this opportunity to ask our listeners: Have you guys ever actually read "I Am a Hero"? Oh, if you have the manga, tell us. like sound off what you think about it compared to the movie to us, because we'd love to know. I would love to hear it because I'd like to know. Right. And I'm probably going to end up reading it no, at I'm, some point because it's I can shoot through comics like nothing. I'm totally going to read it. I can so. read comics like I'll put on some music in the background, like sometimes depending on what it, the story is about. Like if it's some weird, scary shit, I'll put on some like Hellraiser or some shit in the background while I'm like I just reading have, the comics. I just have to remember with manga that you have to read it from the back to the front. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because that's where I fucked it up so many times when I was a kid trying to read it as I'd read it from the front to the back. Like I don't know if the digital book. comics do that, though. Well, I know with like traditional manga books. Like, sure. No, 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 that's no, no, what no. I always had when I was growing up and I always fucked it up. Like I'd read it from the front to the back like a traditional book. You're so confused. And I'd be so fucking confused because I'm like, what is I go from this crazy climactic moment and then like go into developing story into the climactic moment and go, what (laughs) the fuck just happened? And everybody's like, you're supposed to read those from the back to the front. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Because it's Japanese and you're not doing it right. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck you. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) It looked cool and I picked it up. Like, leave me the fuck alone. 
Well, but I, I, and I always, I've always loved it, and I, I really like. I've always been very picky with stuff that I that I watch, but I'm super into like. Japanese I do comics animation. on my on my phone or my uh, tablet or whatever because mm-hmm. it's just easier for me. And like, you can zoom in, you can double tap the page, and it'll flip it. Sometimes it even looks like a page like being turned over. Yeah, but I physically really want it cool. in my hands. Oh That's no, I I usually prefer that way, but I mean sometimes it's really hard to get a hold of stuff, so mm-hmm. you really just gotta gotta get it however you can. So, but to give you guys kind of an idea, a little bit about how this story kind of transpires. Um, first of all, like it starts off, and you see this guy at his desk, basically daydreaming, and one guy's picking on him at his job. It's the manga office that this Hideo kid works at. His partner, or not his partner, but his co-worker is picking on him, saying, oh, you don't know anything about life, and you're kind of a pushover, as ver- not verbatim, just kind of giving you an idea. He's picking on him. And so in his mind, he starts thinking about a perfect comeback. And like in his mind, it's perfect. He's like, well, you don't understand. Manga is this nation's most prideful thing that we actually have ever produced. While some things do not transcend over internationally, manga does, and we should all be proud. And everybody starts standing up and clapping, and then he comes back into reality, and it's just him yelling at him, going like, are you there? Yeah. (laughs) Are you listening to me, motherfucker? Like, what the fuck? So anyway, on the TV, while they're working on their work, there's like four or five people working there, plus their boss, so like six people. Uh, And you hear There's only four of them. Well, okay, so there's four of them, but there's plus the boss, boss, so there's five. Sorry. Um, But there's a TV thing on, and you see that this lady talking about, like, this contagion or something is going on, and they don't really allude to it too, too much, but they talk about some sort of Tosa dog, which is one of the national animals, like, dogs of Japan, Mm -hmm. which, here's a picture, by the way. Have you seen it? No. Hold on. Pop it open there for you. It's so cute. Yeah, it kind of looks like a Saint Bernard, but Ooh, like, Bago. but not it like with not all look the f- like a Saint Bernard at all. It does in the face. <laughs> no. Look at it's kind of like a lab mixed with the fucking Saint Bernard. I can see what you're saying. Yeah, it's like okay. it, they have different color versions of it, but it's like a a Labrador Retriever. <laughs> okay. Mixed with a, a Saint Bernard. Okay. It I doesn't. Didn't, I didn't mean to sound like an asshole. No, like, no, no, no. no. I was just. I hadn't finished my thought yet. Sorry, sorry. Um. <laughs> I Damn apologize. It. No, no, you're fine. My inner dog obsessioner was like, that's not a fucking St. Bernard. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I'm going to be a bitch about it. But they're also, uh, I looked into it a little bit, and they're basically the national breed in Japan, and they are also used as fighting dogs, apparently. Yes, that's and they're pit bull. They're a little bit looser on the animal laws over there, it's like, like animal rights. It's like pit bull, essentially, right? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. But they're huge. They're really big. They're, they're really big tall. dogs. So I see your comparison. So I apologize for yeah, you piece being of shit. a bitch about it. <laughs> You're a piece of shit. Fuck you. <laughs> um, but so they say, and the funny thing is, and this is the funny part, they don't mention what happens. And they're like, wait, sorry, we misread the news. We just got new reports stating something different. Please hold. And they're, they're like, a man does obscene things with an animal, which was, I think, the Tosa dog. And somehow that's how it spread. In the beginning of the movie, you see some guy leaving some sort of contagion zone in a truck. And then he talks about his pigs getting burned alive. And he's like, they like wash his truck down. And he talks to him. He's like, if you burn my pigs again, I'll be fucking broke for life. Blah, 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 blah. And then he drives off after they wash down his truck and everything. And he hits a deer. I don't even remember that part about the pigs. Really? Oh, yeah. 
I remember him hitting the deer. I remember him being like something like a small spill my ass or whatever about like their plant. Yeah, there's some sort of chemical spill that's like killed off his pigs. He's a pig farmer. Okay, okay, okay. So he he um they they were burning his pigs because they th- said that they got infected. <gasps> Bacon. And so that's why his truck was in the contaminated okay. zone and they washed on his truck to like wash off the chemicals, blah 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 blah. So he's driving, he hits a fucking deer kills it and then they fast forward to the manga guy and that whole story where they talk about the tosa dog which is interesting because i'm like well they they show the deer actually get up yeah the deer gets after he drove away yeah it like click clacks its little fucking flippity it's so cute flickety (laughs) fucking feet all over the ground stupid fucking deer gets up and it's got the blind like contact or whatever like eyes right yeah, so it's white all white out like eyes and it, this fucking deer looks super fucking bloodthirsty and maniacal as fuck and just gets up and is like derp, 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 and then it goes and does its fucking deer little thing and disappears runs and you're off just like, yeah. oh no like that sets the tone sure for the whole movie which i thought was really interesting and really well done so i was right. i was i was into it i liked it it was a cool little sub story but then like the character was really funny too of the driver so well and then the you know, it's it's apparent that the it plague talks into it a bit. Yeah, the plague starts to spread a little bit and turns people into sort of like body morphing wall right. wall eyed super... zombies, which are eyes that look at the wall instead of straight forward. They're chameleons. It's kind of weird. Um, but They're then fucking the... chameleon, they have chameleon eyes, and it freaks me the fuck out. Yeah, it was really freaky, weird shit. Um, meanwhile, the story follows Suzuki Hideo, who is the assistant manga writer guy. Artist. He's an artist, but he's but he's an artist on the side. He's not an artist he's in the studio. One of four of the like assistant artists like for that main Oh, is that writer. what it is? Okay, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because it's the main writer dude. They were making fun of him for being an assistant, so I assumed he was the only assistant. No, they all are. They said that he... They were making fun of him. Oh, you're just an assistant. I thought... No, they all are. Like, they're all assistant artists. Like, they're not even like... They're just drawers, like they're they're sketchers. Oh, like they're... It seemed like they were picking on him as if he was beneath them. You, I mean, you could be completely right, and I could be wrong. But okay, how well, I, fuck it. I picked it up was that they are all assistant artists to the main writer, and he's and he's also trying to write his own hit manga on the side, right? So he's like trying to present his work to other corporations, other companies uh, to do this, which I thought was like, well, why didn't he just pitch it to these other people? But I guess. They're a company that is an assistant manga thing, and they just fill in the work for people that they outsource, like the big companies outsource to, to try to get work done. Maybe right. maybe that's what it is. Um, but after he won a good try, but you didn't win award, which sends, <laughs> it pretty much sends him off into the manga world. He was like best runner-up artist of the year. Right. right. Like five and years he, prior. And, he, and he, even when he presents some of his new work, which is like about a kid who has a shotgun and like... It's him. It's him, basically. He's writing himself. It's, it's um what is it called? Foreshadowing. Yeah. Well, not, I don't want to call it foreshadowing. It's very subtle foreshadowing. It is foreshadowing, but in the sense that he becomes that character. Yeah. But the character itself is really just... He doesn't. He doesn't even associate it with himself, even though he's writing himself, and everybody's making fun of the character as if it isn't himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he runs into some other guy who's like a bigger manga artist and like knows him. He's like, "Oh yeah, you're one of the runner-ups." The same year as him. The same year as him. Yeah. yeah. 
And he's such a fucking dork. <laughs> I love it. Which, you know, like the whole story of him like winning an award and being like inspired by it and wanting to do like really well at something kind of makes me feel it hits me in the feels a little bit as a creator of of things in general, just like whether it's music, writing, whatever. I always wanted to be creative, like I've always been that way. Mm-hmm. So it kind of hits me a little bit with that. So you feel a little bad for the guy. Uh, he goes home. He's finishing up this manga that he's going to bring into the fucking main guys who they turned down instantly. His girlfriend's tired of waiting on him to be successful over five years. So she just like makes fun of him and says that he's a piece of shit and pretty much kicks him out with his shotgun because he's a what do they call it? A, um, it's a sh- it's he's a skeet shooter. Yeah, it's a shot put. Shotgun. Yeah, they do. He's just skeet shooting. Or they do the as pole. a sport. Yeah, and then it's the it's it's a regular shotgun, but it's the multi pellet shotgun. Yeah. So it's got like eight pellets, I, I believe, that shoot out of it. Eight? I don't know. It's you have a, a lot. specific number. I'm I'm going to say eight. I'm probably <laughs> no. There's wrong, a lot more than eight. But it's a lot of pellets that shoot out from this specific bullet for skeet shooting. Yeah, so it's a it's, which, shell. Which makes yeah. sense because nobody can be that fucking spot on with a goddamn Frisbee a million fucking miles ahead. So right. it shoots out multiple bursts. Well, and, and, and as you guys know, in Japan, it's illegal to have a gun pretty much. So unless it's for some sort of uh, sport like thing like skeet shooting, which is what he does. He has a license for. But anyway, he gets kicked out and he goes to work, falls asleep. And then goes to go back home, isn't it? Yeah, well, they're split up, but the girlfriend calls him. She calls him, and, and she's, she's dying. Yeah, she's been bitten, but you don't know that because you just hear her voice, but you can tell that she's in distress. Right, so then he goes back home. Her, the door's locked. He can't get in because she kicked him out without a keys. And then he looks through the thing and Which sees her so lying on the bed, and she's dying slowly. And then he's like calling her name, and then she... Starts shaking. It's so great. Gets up, starts crawling over to the door and opens the door and attacks him. And it's like some fucking creature, like some insectoid sort of humanic human creature that like just starts attacking him. It's so fucking cool. How they handled that scene was absolutely fucking incredible to me because yeah. he's looking through the mail slot of the door. Yeah. To watch her and he's calling her on the phone. And he just hears the phone ring and ring and ring, and she's not answering it, and he's talking to her and trying to, like, find out if she's okay. He looks through, and you can kind of see a silhouette, like, on the bed, but you can't specifically tell if it's a person or not. Yeah. And all of a sudden, she shoots up and sits up straight up in the bed and then starts convulsing and doing these, like, crazy fucking movements with her body and then falls sideways, face down flat on the fucking ground. And then does these crazy convulsions. And right, she's like contortion. Super contortionesque, like yeah. insane fucking moves. And it's so visually fucking stunning to watch that, especially how they're filming it. And I don't know, I was I had a big old fucking boner the well, whole time. And that's, I was watching and that's it. when this things so start to cool. really kick into play because like, This is when shit gets wild. Yeah, like he ends up killing her with the trophy that he won, the you did you did well but right. you didn't well enough to she, win yeah, kind of award. She picks it up when they're fighting. Yeah. And basically tells him he's a piece of shit and throws it down on the ground and doesn't give it to him. Right. And that's ultimately her how death. he kills her, which is so cool because like that whole exchange is incredible because he doesn't want to hurt her because he still thinks it's her. He thinks she's sick and he is not understanding what's going on. And that scene in particular where he, she's like biting on the door. 
Oh yeah, and all her, her teeth, teeth yeah. fall out. It was I don't know. It was fucking amazing. Well, like, we won't was, get into the I know, scenes. I'm, tr- part I'm yet. trying not to. I'm just but trying to I'm give like, them a general idea of like where what the story goes. But like, I was so hooked in that opening like 15 minutes. Yeah, because like it because it, you know he so has hooked. the tussle with his girlfriend. She dies. How- he goes out into the street and he's like doesn't know how to deal with anything. And then you start seeing like shit happening in the street and people like diving out of windows and like it shit's crazy. Like people getting attacked right in front of him and he starts running and he realizes that there's something not right and it's not just him and he doesn't feel bad anymore but scared and then like he. Sees people getting attacked everywhere, and then he gets into a fucking taxi cab, and man, it just that whole fucking like first, uh, like that ten minute segment or five minute segment is fucking jam packed with goodies. And the cool thing is, is that these zombies aren't like your normal typical zombies. They actually talk. Yeah, it's they like get stuck in a loop uh, where they talk about some of. She, Brittany calls it the last thing that they were experiencing, Before but I think die. it's just something that was prevalent in their life and they keep repeating it somehow. Yeah. To me, how I interpreted it was this was like one of the last thoughts or the last things that they were doing before they died or before they were bitten or whatever. And just specifically because if you take into consideration of the ones that you're exposed to throughout the movie and what they're saying or what they're doing, in the moments before they attack or just while you watch them prior to, you know, there's one that's trying to hail the train. It's trying to catch the train. Right. There's um, the when the taxi cab driver fucking dies. I don't remember what he said then. He's talking about his perfect driving record. And it's this, like, super poignantly, like, beautiful, kind of, like, fucked up moment. Right. Well, we won't right. get into that. It's so cool. And then, like, in there, you know, there's that. And then later on in the movie with the big... Poss- I mean, you, you might know, be right, but I just... That's how I interpreted it. I never it. interpreted it that way. I assumed that it was just, like, whatever they were passionate about. Well, they're still very human. Yeah. This you know, is they, different. It's kind of unique. Which is what I really fucking appreciate. And it's a total nod to George Romero. Absolutely. Because Dawn of the Dead in particular, because they realized that they were trying to do things that they would normally do, what they enjoyed doing as their selves in the living life. Mm-hmm. And as a dead person, they were coming back to do these same things because it was kind of like ingrained into their DNA almost, like right. what they did. So this is... I. To me, that's why I say it's not their last thought, maybe, but maybe they were. Uh, it's just, kind of what makes them as a person. Yeah, exactly. It's just their extension of Dawn of the Dead, Romero's version of Dawn of the Dead, and how far this went. But their their eyes, guys, their fucking no. eyes, man. Like when they get infected, you see the like black blood go up through their veins, and then their eyes all of a sudden start to look left on the left eye and their right eye look on the right and it's just like almost like they can't see they chameleon out like if you're yeah. familiar oh, with I chameleons see what you mean now. they chameleon the fuck out except they're not like the big bug eye that goes like 360 yeah if you guys room. have seen chameleons they have eyes on the side of their head yeah that's what they do it's yeah. bizarre it's so cool though I loved it <laughs> it was a, it was a really cool different take well and and they I mean, there's just so much different, like, crazy stuff in this movie. Like, some of it's, like, heartfelt. Some of it's, like, silly wacky. Some of it's, like, kind of over-the-top gore. 
Like, there is a lot of, like, special effects gore in this movie, but not so much practical. There is practical gore in it, mm-hmm. but not, like, the 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 graphical gore in this movie, like, the CGI. It's fucking great. It's really good. You don't even tell. Like, I was, like, I didn't even care. Like, no. I was just like, oh, my God, did you just see that dude's head explode? I didn't give a fuck about it. Right. That guy was not at all at any point fucking distracted by the CGI that they had going on in this movie, which is the big fucking difference. Do you know what the only one that I actually caught was when he was looking at the buildings that were on fire? Yeah. I could see that the the smoke, the smoke was like going, moving out of sync a little bit. No, I agree. That was about it. And it's weird because like shit like that is what you shouldn't pick it up in. Right. That's where you pick it up. Whereas like the crazy shit where you sh- where you should be noticing it is where you don't even give a fuck because it's so cool and it's so fast paced and everything coming at you you just you don't care right you don't notice that and that's the big difference with foreign films and their use of CGI between American well, films I don't and our use of CGI. I can't make that comparison necessarily but I definitely think whoever did this CGI did top notch work like, oh yeah to the point where it wasn't like well there's big differences distracting I guess you could say there's Big differences, even just between this and Train. Right. In their use of CGI. Yeah, they both did. They both did. They both use quite a bit of fucking CGI, but in Train, it's more apparent. You think? I do. Hmm. For for me, specifically, I picked up and noticed more in Train, but maybe it's just because it's not as fast-paced. What if it's like the same guy? (laughs) Which is nuts to me, but I wouldn't be surprised. I didn't look it up. I don't believe it is, but... Um, I don't know. Like I just, I love both these movies this week. I was so excited with our. Choices. Yeah, well, don't tell which one's your favorite. I'm yet. not going to, but I'm just, I'm, I'm just like really, 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 really stoked about yeah. this episode this week because we picked really great fucking movies. And by the way, guys, if you guys like like Asian or Japanese, Korean, Chinese, like any kind of like foreign foreign film, and specifically in that genre, because there is a very different taste that you get from those movies um i i typically find it's like a different style about it that you get from the asian cinema the a cinema as some people call it Mm -hmm. and uh we we definitely are big fans of it so if you guys are fans of it and you would like to find new movies that maybe you haven't seen we can dig deep into the asian horror catalog that will help you to find new shit that you will love or if you're a way bigger fan than we are about these genres, please fucking give us recommendations of shit that yeah, we should check I'm out if we open. haven't talked about it. Because I am so fucking into it. We had this conversation earlier about how much more invested I am into films that are subtitled. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like I need to pay attention from start to finish. I don't feel... You don't you don't look away don't and go distracted. did I miss something? Yeah, I don't get distracted. And I versus anytime we watch anything even if I'm into watching this movie if it has a slow point and that's just this is just how we are as humans nowadays with our fast-paced like instant gratification, you know, brains that we have now it has a moment of fucking dull silence and you pick up your fucking phone and you get distracted and you're looking at something else right you know whereas if you're watching a foreign film that's subtitled you can't do that because you're gonna miss something well and when we're researching by the way i'm always on my phone only because i'm taking notes yeah because i'm like oh god and then sometimes i'll pause the movie and i'll be like type 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 which i fucking hate and love at the same time because it's like i i have a memory that I have to write stuff down. So I'll pause it. I'll pause it in the middle of the movie because I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's a good part. 
And then I'll be like, okay, that's one of my... Because I write down my favorite scenes, my thoughts as I go. And then I revise my thoughts about the movie after I've fucking done it. Because I'm like, okay, now I've seen the whole thing. These are my initial thoughts. Let me combine everything. So it's interesting. But This is like where we're different. Really? Because I don't do that. <laughs> My, you know, I have to watch it straight through without distraction. I like to do that. I do. I do. And there is there. But there is like when it comes to favorite scenes, I write those down immediately. I just, yeah, I just remember it. Yeah. But, or do my best to remember it. I like, I'm very, I like to make sure that I remember it 100%. So, Which because is I I've, will I've, totally I've, forget it. I've tried the like writing down kind of thing. It doesn't work for me because yeah. then I, I get too far out of my brain just i get too far out of the moment and then it's hard for me to dial it back but sure. i just don't have time so the time that i devote to doing things like i need to devote that time in that moment and if i get distracted then my brain's like Whoop, way the fuck uh, over there okay. and i can't refocus well i mean so, as long as you got if you remember i write scenes, it down after i always usually write about three four maybe five scenes Mm-hmm. That I just little things that I like to poke out. No, it's perfect. There are some uh, trivia things that we have, but there isn't a whole lot. And I don't own the actual physical copy of the the Blu-ray, by the way, um, which I do want to own. Uh, it's like thirty bucks. Um, it used to be like eighty ninety dollars for the whole fucking like set, and it was like not even in the same region or something like that. Yeah. But now, now they actually have it, and they have some of the extras in it. I did try to watch some of the YouTube videos and try to read up on some of the stuff about this movie because I wanted to make sure that we had some extra stuff. But you know, it is a little slim pickings because. One, this is a new movie. Two, we don't have easy access to it out here in the U.S., but at least we can kind of tell you our thoughts about it and give you a little bit of information. Uh, part First of all, like we've already mentioned that the, this is based off a of manga, but did you know that it, of course, is written by Kengo Hanazawa, who wrote the series I Am a Hero from 2009 to 2017? So currently he's still writing it. Um, also in the movie, there's a huge outlet mall. Like you would find at like, you know, your mills cause there have these mills all over the United States are called mills mall and it could be sawgrass mills or, you know, what is the one by us? Arizona mills, Arizona mills, like whatever they want to call it, you know? Um, but there's this outlet mall that was filmed entirely in South Korea that went out of business years before this movie got made and due to strict gun laws in Japan, they had to actually do it here because they wouldn't even allow them to shoot the gun. So, and it would make sense because it's like, even if it's blanks, they still had to do it. You know what I mean? I guess they just had a hard time. So they were like, fuck it. We'll just shoot it in South Korea, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. I I wouldn't have expected that. No, not at all. Um, Another uh, little tidbit. That's a little bit of a spoiler warning. Um, Shortly after meeting Hiromi, Hideo discovers that she has been bitten and infected by her neighbor's baby. In the manga, we kind of briefly talked about this, I think. But Hiromi is indeed bitten by a baby. But this happens after panic breaks out atop the Mount Fuji, which is where everybody's trying to go. Because supposedly, if you head to Mount Fuji... It doesn't survive elevation. The sickness can't survive the elevation, so everybody's trying to get to Mount Fuji. Well, this movie, they never really get to Mount Fuji, but they do describe in the very beginning that she got bit by a baby, and it took like three days for the infection to affect her because it was a baby. 
Yeah, but and it, it was still only half. And the mother was infected. Right. So, which is weird because like babies don't bite people. Like they do. It doesn't but, have teeth. Like not your neck. If it's like a newborn baby. It doesn't have any fucking teeth. Right. And so I thought that was really weird. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't follow that storyline at all. But if, even if it's like a two-year-old or a one-and-a-half-year-old or whatever, I, I get it. Because they're teething. Like, they have teeth. But they're kind of alluding to the fact that it's like a newborn baby. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't know. Because his hand gets bit by a zombie that has no teeth that broke her all her teeth. His girlfriend's yeah, his teeth. girlfriend. All over the door. And it's like, he didn't get infected. Well, he's got a bruise, but it never broke the skin. Right. So it didn't infect it. So maybe that baby's teething has one tooth, and so it broke the skin. Maybe. So it's a tiny little bit. We have to read the manga. Yes, yeah, I guarantee you the manga is going to explain it. Well, and and in this movie, they don't even they jump right into the explaining yeah, the baby they thing. Don't talk about the baby, her old yeah. baby, and is they never nothing. even set foot on top of Mount Fuji. By the not way, at all. like at all, like and you're like not even close. Uh, I always kind of wonder, like, if they would have gotten up there, if like that girl would have gotten better. Yeah, which I believe they get to in the manga. Maybe I but mean, if I don't he's know. still writing it, they may not be to that point. I don't know. I don't know either. But they, yeah, they don't even get fucking close. <laughs> what do you guys think? Do you know? Do you know the story? Do you Please know understand? Please tell us. If you've read it, I want to know. Yeah, I would like to know. I'd be I interested. I, I mean, I definitely want to read it. So, But I still want to know. Yeah. Talk to me about it. Did you have any favorite scenes, Brittany? I have a ton of favorite scenes. This well, whole movie was in like chronological order, what are some of your favorites? Okay, in chronological order. Um, Just one. The first, the, fine. So then the first favorite scene for me is when he's fighting off his girlfriend. Okay, sure. I love, 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 love. Can't even express it to you enough. How, just how well it's shot. And how she's flipping around. And of everything. him looking at her through the fucking mail slot and her flopping down face first onto the bed or onto the floor, from the bed onto the floor and turning in front of him. And he's watching the whole thing and she's just flip flopping around like a fish, but like this chaotic fucking like contortionist crab walk crab walking it's so fucking (laughs) weird so it's like if you've seen like the grudge or the ring or like big like american adaptations of japanese films okay and you see that kind of element which there's a fucking lot of it in this movie in particular there's a lot in both of these that we watched though this week there's a lot of this like contortion-esque like super weird and creepy breaking back limb kind of yeah they do a good shit and it's fucking gorgeous you watch it and her transition is just really cool and it plays out right in front of you in real time and that's what i like about it is you're kind of transforming into his position it's a big scene actually it is a very big scene it's a very complicated scene this is a pivotal scene into the entire rest of the story right and this kind of starts to develop his character and he eventually like she she breaks through the fucking door, but he's watching her through the mail slot this whole time. So it's this super intense because she kind of dips underneath it a few times. So she's out of sight. And it's like, Blah! and then all of a sudden it's this like big, like jump scare where she's like, Blah! like in your fucking face right. and she's fucked up. And she, her eyes are like the chameleon eye thing to the sides and she's fucking terrifying. And by the way, guys, when she's doing her contortionist thing, that was legit like an actor. It wasn't like, it was like a physical actor who was flipping around the room and like putting her feet up on a shelf, rolling on the bed, like all this it's other so cool, cool stuff. She really did that. And She's then so they bendy. added like CGI to it, but yeah. she really was doing it. Yeah. She's just super bendy. Right. So she eventually busts through the door 
and then he has the door between the two of them and they're fighting and fighting and fighting she tries to bite him but bites the door and then all of her teeth fall out they break on the door and they eventually she breaks free from that and bites him on the hand yeah but she doesn't have any teeth so no she She can't break skin so she gums him like a grandma and he kind of fights her off and then like eventually gets in the house right at some point and they are continuously like battling each other and he's talking to her this whole time trying to like tell her he's sorry and yeah because they left on a fight they did they left on a fight they left on a really really sour note and like the last conversation they had was the night before when she's apologizing to him because she's dying yeah and he finally makes it to her in the early morning early early morning and because he's working and so he just it's this really cool sad moment I guess. Really? Like, it's just... It's... You hate her from the beginning. Oh, yeah, so you I didn't fucking feel hate any... her. No. I didn't feel any sadness I had no for her. sympathy towards her at all, because yeah. she's a fucking bitch. And, but you still, like, understand the dynamic between the two characters, so it was, it was really cool, and then eventually he kicks him... He kicks her off of him, and she, she lands on top of the award. Right, on the back of her head, yeah. And it, it just pierces goes, it. pierces right through her skull, through her brain, and kills her she's dead 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 dead. and he's just like he's so heartbroken and devastated he doesn't know what to do like but it's so cool his talent pierced her fucking head it is poetry like like you fucking bitch it was super fucking poetic because she was so doubtful and talked shit to him this whole time and that's what ends up i hated her because the end of her is his piece that she talked down on so i don't know it was really cool i like that part too actually i also like uh, after he leaves there and there's a lot of chaos in the streets, but he finally makes his way. When, which, by the way, is one of my favorite things. Is just mm-hmm. in general, is all the chaos in the streets. It's awesome. But when he shows up to his job again, he walks in and he, or no, he doesn't even hear it thudding. He just sees his friend, his the guy that was making fun of him in the beginning, standing there. And then he says something to him, and then he turns around and he's like, "Oh, Hideo, like what's up? Come on in, man." This guy, this other guy, not Hideo, the main character that we've been talking about, he's just holding a bat that's all drenched in blood, and he's got blood all over him. And, of course, you see that, you know, Hideo's a little fucking scared to be... Uncomfortable. Yeah, he doesn't want to walk in. He looks in, finally, and he sees his one of his buddies whose head's just completely obliterated. It's just a neck stump. And it's like you could see that the that the head's been worked on. Blood everywhere. Yeah, there really All over was the drawings. It's so cool. And then you see him watching the other guy watching the TV, and then uh, he and then you see his their boss come out of the another room with a pair of scissors stuck in his chest, and he was like, "You got to destroy the brain. You got to destroy the brain, every bit of it, or it will fucking come back and it'll fucking still get you, every bit of it." And then you see him smash the bat on the fucking boss's head. And he like literally pounds on it for like two minutes. <laughs> like, yeah, solid. Like, I was like, Jesus Christ. The brutality of that situation in that particular scene was pretty cool. And then the whole reveal that he had been, that his other buddy who he worked with had been bit on the leg. And then watching him by transform. Yeah. By, well, yeah, the boss bit him. You kind of like, or one of the other workers. It's the boss. He's like, oh, not before this motherfucker bit me or whatever. Like, right. it was a cool reveal. So it was, I, that's one of my favorite scenes. Just that because you see Hideo watching him from the distance getting, while you see the, while you see the bat like being smacked on the top. In you his don't, face. You don't even see the like, 
the zombie's head get, or his no, boss. No, you see none of that, which but I But you love. just see the aggression from like behind the bat, you seeing the bat go down. You hear it and you see a little bit of, you see his face With and blood. The, the pure anger and the blood spurting, but you don't actually see him killing the character, which I love because I felt like that creates more of an impact right. than looking at what you're what's happening right okay and so i i appreciated that honestly and then how it progresses after that was just fucking phenomenal well do you have another favorite scene well i mean are we gonna are we this kind of ties into this one you were just talking about i mean i haven't i have another that's why i go in chronological we're gonna discuss like the whole movie i feel like because i love so much about it well yeah let's let's talk about our favorite parts so i love after he says like after this motherfucker still bit me or whatever his line was specifically and you see that he was bitten in the leg and so he's gonna turn and he knows he's gonna turn and so he takes this piece of glass and like (laughs) proceeds to like slice his fucking own throat out yeah but doesn't succeed all the way through, even though he knows he has to destroy the brain, which was super interesting yeah, to me because he too. knows that, yet he doesn't do it. But he goes to slice his own throat, gets about halfway through when he turns. And so now he's this super aggro, aggressive zombie that's caught half his throat slit, so he's bleeding all over the place. And then out comes the girl, which was the one of the only girl artist that was working with them who was fucking the boss, which is how I'm sure she probably became infected. Right. Because she was probably fucking him and he bit her. And so now he's like getting attacked by both these fucking people and he doesn't know what the fuck to do. Yeah. And it was just, I don't know, like that, but that scene in particular where he's slicing his own throat. It's pretty cool. It was fucking cool. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I I like that whole scene. It preludes to the chaos that's to follow. Right. When you see him go back outside and all the fucking shit's happening on the street, I don't want to ruin every segment of it, but there is a scene where he goes to a cab, and while this chaos is happening, the guy, the cab driver, is just sleeping (laughs) in his car and doesn't realize all the chaos that's going on. He's just napping. He's taking a little break from his cab job. Right. And so Hideo goes to the car to get a cab ride, and then some girl runs up to him, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, who, who ends he, up being, what's her name? Uh, Hiroki or Hiro- whatever. Hiroki? Yeah, the yeah. main girl. Yeah. Um, she goes up to him for her to get in the car, too, and then some business dude comes in who's asshole. like, I'm going to get in the back, and he's like, hey, you can't take this cab. This is mine. And even the cab driver's like, hey, what are you doing? This is their cab. And so then they get in the cab, all three of them get in together with this cab driver, and then the the business guy starts to change into a zombie slowly and starts dripping blood onto his papers. And he's like, who, who made this mess? Who made this mess? And he's like making it worse by smearing the blood all over it. And it's like really haphazard the way he's like moving his hands because he's already infected. And you see his face distorted the, and, it, and his eyes. Blood. Yeah, the black blood comes up and everything like that. Meanwhile, the girl that showed up, Hiroki, she's sitting in the back seat with that guy. And the driver's in the front, obviously. But then... Uh, no, had- she's in the front seat. Oh, you're right. She's in the front seat. She's with in the, taxi the front driver. seat. Yeah, and Hideo's in the back seat with the the other guy. And then the then the 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 fucking business guy gets attacked or attacks fucking Hideo in the back seat. That's right. And then like, it's like all this crazy shit. But like, 
before he attacks Hideo, he's like, can I get some tissue? Because he was bleeding all over the place. And then the fucking cab driver hands a box he of tissues. The and then he, the business guy bites the cab driver. And he's like, oh, no. And then it's like both the front and the back seat are now infected mm-hmm. on the right side of the car. Because, you know, they drive on the right side. Yeah. Anyway, so the right side of the car is all fucked up. So they don't know what to do. So then like Hideo fights the fucking zombie and kicks it out, and then it's like being dragged, and then there's this whole fight scene with the door, and then the fucking, the when the driver turns slowly, that was awesome. It was so funny, dude. I like, it. it was so funny. I was just like, oh my God, because the, the cab driver's a really likable kind he of guy. Is. I loved it so much. Yeah. That's one of my favorite scenes. That's one of my favorite. Good. I just, that whole, I'm glad we agree. <laughs> the whole cab scene, but that, that is part of the whole chaos that's in the streets. Oh, yeah. So that's why, like, it leads into these, like, crazy things, and then it slows itself down. Yeah, what about it you? Anything else? His, the cab driver's transition was just so fucking cool. Yeah, I liked it. Like, I loved it. Like, I loved it was him silly talking and funny. about his driving record, and, like, and this was, this is an, another piece that kind of goes to show what I loved so much about their take on zombies and this infection, um... Is that everybody still has a sense of humanism, okay, to them, and it, they still haven't fully lost themselves, and I love that. Okay, I, like I absolutely love that idea because they're fucking rabid monsters, but at the same time they still have this touch of what they were before they died. Yeah, and it was just really cool because you still get a sense of understanding their characters. They're very human. They're very human, and they're more very, so, in fact, than it, yeah other zombies. It's honestly, because the fact that they're talking, extremely human, and they have this this piece that kind of tries to tie you into them and make you sympathetic, kind of towards them. Right. And, I don't know. It was really, really cool and and very, very well done. And and but then there's some very mutant zombies that Two. there's no explanation for. Yeah, which is interesting. That they, no one understands. And they are fucking awesome. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's pretty cool. Absolutely out of this world, just crazy, bizarre, but super fun. And uh, the take that you... Like, the, the weird like side road that you needed this story to go was where they went with it. And this is before you're introduced to what's her name being like a, a two people. Yeah, because guys, to give you guys a little bit of a heads up if you are still listening and you don't mind spoilers a little bit, obviously. The girl that goes in the cab with him gets bit too and she doesn't turn all the way. She becomes half zombie, half human. And she's got powers. Yeah, she's like super strong. She can like she like even fights off a couple of zombies. She can manipulate them. Yeah, in whatever way she sees fit, which I feel like she is just punches awesome. the shit out of them. Is all I notice. Like yeah, she's just well, throwing them through the air in the manga. She oh. like she can manipulate them to whatever way she sees fit, essentially. But yeah, but in the movie, she's just crazy Physical. strong. Yeah, she's crazy strong. So it's it's it was, but she's like. She's only, like, necessary when she should be necessary, when, it's like, shit gets dire. Like, shit gets out of control, and the situation is dire as fuck. Like, everybody's gonna fucking die. That's the only time she's activated, which is insane. 
And, like he tries to wake her up on so many occasions and she's just like sleeping. <laughs> like, yeah, right. And she won't fucking wake up. And I'm like, this is the time you need to wake up. What the fuck? And she's still asleep. <laughs> like, but she's like, I don't know. It's weird. It's kind of an interesting thing. I really kind of sucks, though, because I really wanted to see them get to the top of Mount Fuji to see too. if she got what if get affected or not. Because it's like, what yeah. the fuck? Does it go away? Or right. What happens? You know, like, I don't know. Like whatever. What other scenes do you have? We got to wrap this up because we're uh, running along here on. OK, on this. so. The crazy pole vaulting fucking zombie. Oh, you like Holy that. fuck. This dude, like, he's super, super tall and fit, and half his fucking head is caved in. On the front. On the front. And it's this, the makeup is absolutely incredible. And all this, you're introduced to his character, like, you know, a little bit early on in the scene where they meet up with the people that are in this, like, outlet mall. And they meet up with this group of survivors, right? So you see this character, and you're just like, holy fuck. Like, right. But you you don't think anything of it. You know there's like some mutant form zombies, but you don't really think too much of the, this guy. Maybe you think his head got bashed in with a bat, and that's that's it. He wasn't totally killed. Right. And then they you get reintroduced to this character later on, and he, like, there's this weird moment where he, like, takes his hands and puts them out to the side and then brings them above his head and claps. And then shit just gets real. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, like he does that before he does his whole crazy pole vaulting zombie shit. Well, yeah, I'm just like saying. To and I'm like, to them. what the fuck? Like, so he does this weird clapping thing, and you're like, okay. And then all of a sudden, you see him, and he just like kind of steadies himself, and then just takes off fucking running. And it's super intense as he's running, and then he does this pole vaulting backbend up onto the top of the roof where the se- where the survivors are settled. Yeah. In their little development and camp or whatever, and this is after they've all left to try and find food. For like the main people, for the them, most yeah. part, have left. The men. Yeah. Have left to find. Well, because women can't. do s- women can't forage. Yeah, apparently. Whatever. In this movie, I'm just We saying. can't do anything worthwhile. Although so. there is that one chick who's like the tough badass. Yeah, well, it's like the nurse character, which is the other main woman. Right. So she's left with the half zombie, half human girl. Okay. So it's them, and then it's all the other women that are left, right? And so this crazy fucking zombie pole vaults his ass up on top of the roof, which is like unhu- not possible. In right. any way, shape, or form, it's crazy that it happens. But he's obviously one of these mutant zombies, and he comes up and. Well, they know, have super strength, so he can pole vault. But he ends better. up like killing this one girl and completely disembowels her. And it's they don't show it, but the chick that's talking to her the whole time and then comes out and she hasn't responded and she sees her laying on the ground and she's completely disemboweled and she's just like, "What the fuck?" And then all of a sudden, she's like backing up slowly, and you see him standing behind her. And then she kind of turns and she sees him and she goes to run away and he just takes his hands and fucking smashes smashes her her fucking head in. Holy balls. And then like she's a bloody fucking mess. And then his fucking jaw unhinges like a snake. Yeah. Like he's going to suck her head off. To eat her fucking brain. Yeah. Or whatever the fuck he's doing. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) that was cool. Ah, Like the whole time I'm like, who is this fucking guy? (laughs) Like, but yeah, he ends up killing everybody on the road. Yeah. Literally everyone. Yeah. Except Everyone, for like a couple except for the nurse and then the the half zombie, half human chick. Right. They managed to hide. And the and the the oh yeah, you're right. 
Yeah, they managed to hide it behind a tent. And I don't want to ruin everything for you guys, but there is one scene towards the end where they get into a gunfight. It's the best. And there's this really huge, like, sumo wrestling looking zombie. And he's like screaming over and over and over. He's like, another serving, another serving, another serving. Larger portion. Yeah, larger <laughs> portion. And he's like running at the Hideo character, who at this point finally starts to use his shotgun, yeah, by the way. he's not a pussy anymore. And he shoots him, shoots this fucking sumo zombie in the face, and the fucking top of his head goes blasting, and all you see is his, the uh, from where his tongue is, and everything above it is gone. Except the back portion back of the portion. zombie's yeah, like a head. Flip flaps. Yeah. So it like he shoots it in the face and it destroys pretty much most of the brain, but not enough to make it stop running at him. So it like collapses on him and fucking you can see his like sumo titties like rolling around on his on his mouth and shit, squirting milk in his mouth. <laughs> Jesus. I'm just being weird. I was like, that did not happen. <laughs> uh, but no, no, he really did because you see the boob, his like side boob, like all yeah. over his face. He's and you see his put titty. his hand up and then like squash it like upwards. It was kind of cool. Anyway. Yeah, it, was, it was fucking great. <laughs> so I thought that was fun. The whole end scene is really great. The whole end scene is really graphic and so many just buddies. gory as fucking crazy as shit. So many exploding heads. If you guys haven't seen this movie, though, like, and you are a fan of zombies, gore, or even just Asian films, like, you should really check it out. Like, especially if you're fans of gore, in my opinion, because I think this is some of the best CGI oh, yeah. I've seen. Like, I was really blown away by it. Like, the lighting and everything was just great. It didn't feel fake. I didn't feel distracted by it. Like, typically I do. There is a couple tiny, tiny, very tiny moments. But they even used, like, real practical fucking bodies and Mm -hmm. shit, like, on the ground. And there's hundreds, like, hundreds. Like, no joke. There is, like, literally, like, at least 150 fucking bodies on the ground at one point. Right. So, I don't know. So, what do you think, Brittany? I fucking love this movie <laughs> but like one of the things that i really enjoyed about both of these is that they are very true to the like actual human condition right which i appreciated um and the hero quote-unquote characters are very realistic and very relatable um so that's what i really followed the most especially okay. with hero's characters he's kind of a fucking pussy yeah his name is hideo but that means hero in japan Mm-hmm. There's two different versions of Hideo in Japan, and his version is Hero. Yeah, but he's a pussy right. pretty much 90% of the film. Like, he's a little bit of a bitch. Right. Um, but then he's also, like, hallucinating half the time and portraying all these crazy, like, scenes in his head that aren't actually happening. And it's just, it's super bizarre, but really cool. And nice transition. He ends up, like, coming to find his own when he needs to. In right. a clutch situation when he needs to be the hero. Right. And he finally does it. Everyone who he thinks is a hero isn't, and he ends up being the yeah, hero. Yeah, and it's insanely gratifying when right. he finally gets to that point, and then there's a couple other situations that tie into that, too. Sure. Which are other people sacrificing themselves. For each other. S- for each other, so he can come to fruition and figure out that he needs to be the hero that he feels like he should be. Yeah. And it was just that watching that transition... Is what, like, watching those moments, I think, is what really kind of, like, 
made him evolve. Yeah. You know, and it was it was just really interesting to see and how they did it was super poetic and very beautiful and I was I mean, even though it was really fun. I don't and think it's silly, like a profound movie. No, it's not profound by any means, but it, there's little weight, like little parts that are a little bit, you know, borderline sure. kind of like when you pay attention to it, they have their little profound moments. But for the most part, it's just a really fun movie and it's super enjoyable. It's very entertaining. Yeah, I think you guys should check it out. In every good way possible. If you're if you're open to like reading subtitles in the very least, if you're not, I mean, I get it, but I still think it's if you're a fan of fucking movies, <laughs> you're not going to let fucking silly subtitles stop you from enjoying something. Read the fucking subtitles. Yeah, read the fucking subtitles. It doesn't fucking matter. Like, get over it. <laughs> Put your phone down and read the fucking subtitles. I, I, it bothers me when people are like, oh, I won't watch a movie because with subtitles. I'm like, and I'm like, dude, like, do you realize how much gold you're missing oh, out on? I'm the complete opposite. I'm like, I'd rather watch shit that's subtitled. Yeah, it's like saying, well, I don't eat hamburgers that are wrapped in white paper. Yeah, stop it. Like, knock it off, you fucking idiot. If you don't eat in and out, you're a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) We're fat. We like fucking burgers, you piece of shit. I like burgers, you assholes. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, we do have another movie that we want to talk about, and Brittany did the lion's share of the work on this one. So I'll I'll let you go ahead and kick it off, and then uh, we'll wrap it up and tell you what our favorites of the two are. Yes. Try not to spoil that. I'm going to try. So the movie I picked for us to talk about this week is called Train to Busan, which was released in 2016 from South Korea, specifically released on July 20th of 2016. Um, Just a little bit of backstory on it. It's a harrowing zombie horror thriller that follows a group of terrified passengers fighting their way through a countrywide viral outbreak, trapped on a suspicion-filled blood-drenched bullet train ride to the safe zone, which may or may not still be there. Ooh. Enticing. (laughs) Um, I'm going to apologize ahead of time for the butchering of names that is going to ensue from this point forward. Um, This movie was directed by Sang-ho Yeon, Y-E-O-N, who directed um, short films, primarily mostly animated films, actually. um, A few are called The King of Pigs, The Fake and Soul Station. Okay. Oh, so he did that one too. Yes, he did. The sequel, Um, technically. Or the prequel. The prequel. It was written by Songho Yeon, or Yeon, whatever. Yeon. um, Who did the screenplay. And Ju Suk Park, who did a couple movies called um, Hiyawi. It's like H-W-A-Y-E is how it's spelled. Uh, This movie stars Yu Gong. (laughs) Who plays Sek Wu, um, who was in Age of Shadows, silenced in another movie called Like a Dragon. Okay. Um, also, Suwon Kim, who plays Suwon, which is his daughter in the movie, who was in um, something called Love and Lies. Oh, so they kept her name the same. Huh? He did, which I thought was interesting. Well, probably because totally it's just easier for her as a child. Yeah, spelled completely differently, but it's the same name. Okay. Um, she's also in the Battleship Island and then another movie called Memories of the Sword. Okay. She's actually done a lot. For a really young girl, which is interesting. Hmm. She was uh, good. She was really good. It's also Yu Mi Jung, who plays Seong Seong Kyung, who was in The Table, Tough as Iron, and Cafe Noir. And then uh, Dong Seok Ma, who plays Sang Hira, which is like the main 
he's like your Arnold nigger dude. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's a big guy. Fucking great. He was hilarious, but he's in movies called The Doomsday Book, um, Chronicles of Evil, and another one called Derailed. And a lot of these actors actually did voices for um, Soul Station. Oh, okay. Um, and then last but not least, it's Oi Sung Kim, who played Yon Suk, who was in um, The Priests, The King, and The Face Reader. Okay. That's the bad the bad guy. Yeah, the evil boss bad man. Bad guy. Essentially, like, he's just a piece of shit character. Okay. So there's a quote-unquote prequel film mm-hmm. to this, which was an animated film, um, that was released as a... Basically, how it was set is that the events in the movie is called Soul Station was animated. It came out in 2016 as well. Okay. Same year as this movie was released. Um, but the idea of it was that the events at Soul Station actually take place one day prior to the events in Train to Busan. Okay. Which I found extremely interesting. Yeah. Um, and I want to check it out. Yeah. I love animated stuff, so I was very into it. Um, but I didn't, unfortunately didn't get a chance to watch it. Well, I mean, I know Netflix made a big deal of it when it came out because they were like, oh, it's the prequel. Like, check it out. Like, yeah. get it. put it in your beaks. Put it in your beaks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this movie had a total budget, which I thought was interesting, of like 10 million South Korean won. The first one. Yeah. Yeah. So Train to Busan um, is what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about. I have no idea how much that is and converted it's to U.S. $8 million. Really? Like 80, 8 million five hundred. Roughly, huh? U.S. dollars. Um, and then in the United States, opening weekend it was only aired on or played on twenty-seven screens in total, and it only made like two hundred eighty-four thousand dollars. Wow. Which I thought was really sad, but the gross U.S. earnings of this film since January of this year has been a little over two million. Okay. Which is still redeeming, at least. A little redeeming, but it's still shitty in comparison to how much they spent on it. But that's just for the United States gross like well they definitely wanted of, to target that audience but i'm sure they absolutely. made a lot more and out of all the countries that it's been released in which is a metric fuck ton yeah it's made its money okay. you know it's it's done a pretty decent you know turnaround and this movie is actually pretty well critically acclaimed which i yeah. found to be relatively interesting um it was specifically in like the year that it was released and then a little bit into 2017 afterwards. I mean, it was nominated for a total of 37 awards. Okay. And actually won 28 hmm. of the 37 that it good. was nominated for, which I thought was really interesting. Um, so just a couple of the wins that they got was for, they won Best International Film for the Blood Guts UK Horror Awards okay. in 2016. They won Best Technical Award and Audience Choice for Blue Dragon um, in 2016 also. And they also won the uh, Best Feature Film, Best Director, and Best Horror Film of the Year at the Toronto After Dark Film Festival. Nice. In 2016. Just to name a few. Just to name a few. And that's literally a few. Yeah. Out of the, like, 20 fucking eight awards that they won. And those are just some of the, like, big ones that I could, like, pick out. But, yeah. I don't know. Like, I... This is... The director's first live action fucking movie. Okay. He had Wait, only done live animated, action. Live action. Everything he's ever done prior to this was animated. Oh, you mean okay? So this isn't based off some live. A- it's no. not a live action version of some pre original source material that was animation. No, this is okay. his first movie. Okay. Essentially, like that's his not first animation. Feature film, his yeah. first feature live action non animated film. Okay. Cool. Which I 
thought was incredible because yeah. you can't fucking tell. Yeah. Like, I, there's no way in the world that I would be able to watch this and go, this is his first movie he's ever done. Like, it's just, it's so professional right. looking. And there's so many elements of this movie that are so fucking spot on. And it's so seasoned. So I was really, really impressed. Um, but what were your thoughts specifically on? Oh. Um, well, I have, well, hold on a second. <laughs> um, first of all, I mean, I. This is kind of like a traditional story in the same sense of uh, it's like a traditional story, horror story in a very classical sense in some ways, while it does some sort of modern things in it as well. But I really like the characters in this uh, a lot. I feel like they were really strong characters, specifically the big guy. He's great. Who's like got the pregnant wife and everything. He's fucking amazing. Probably one of my favorite things about the movie in in general. But uh, I thought the girl actor was like super good. Thought she did a really good job of playing the part. She was definitely, she's born to be an actor, I think. And she's going to get better as she gets older. Um I don't know. Like, I thought it was kind of interesting how they played on some of the tropes that you would do with zombies, but doing it in a different, little bit of a different way. Um, they, you know, the lights thing, the, you know, like darkness kind of like, kind of subdues them a little bit in some respects, but they can still hear. Um, I don't know. I thought it was kind of unique and different. Um, I don't know. I was surprised by it. I wasn't expecting a lot when I first saw it. And this is my second time watching it, and I can definitely say that even, like, the gore was kind of fun and interesting, uh, the characters fighting off these zombies and everything, I can say that I could would definitely rewatch this again, and I'm definitely going to buy it. I still haven't, I still don't own it yet, but I'm definitely going to buy it. Mm-hmm. So, what about you? I loved it. <laughs> yeah? I don't know. I was extremely impressed from start to finish with this movie, mainly because it... It delves deeply into so many different human emotions. Yeah. You know, it's a thriller, it's a drama, it's a comedy, it's a horror movie. Like, it's just, it hits the nail on so many different heads that it works. And it works really well in all the aspects that they do it. And, you know, what I love so much about both of these films is that... Don't compare yet. I know, it just... I really, I really, really fucking enjoyed it. And the coolest thing about this specifically was this is the first ever actual like zombie apocalypse film that was ever released or made in South Korea. That's awesome. Which is insane to me because so it's, they busted their cherry with a really. They good just one. did this in 2016, and like this is the introduction that we have to their first yeah. fucking zombie movie. Makes sense. Holy fuck, you know. And this, honestly, this is the sixth highest grossing domestic film ever released in South Korea. Wow, it's pretty good. That's incredible to me. Yeah. And I love the fact that they, quote unquote, busted their fucking cherry with this movie. Like, it's so good. Like, you get different, like, introductions to all these different characters, but you still have enough time to form a connection with every single character. Yeah, I really like the characters. Even though it's very fast paced and it moves very, very quickly, you still are able to build a bond or a relationship with each character and you understand where they're coming from or why they are the way they are or why they're going to become what they become. And it's, it's really, really interesting how they did it. And it's a cool story. It's a really cool take on it. Yeah. You know, like both of these are very like 28 days later versus world, world War, War Z, Z yeah. zombies, like both, which I would be so fucking pissed if this is a zombie apocalypse that I get stuck with. <laughs> Or any of those. 
I would be so fucking mad if they're like super fast paced, running crazy, like super fit zombies. They'd be like, really? Well, and they did it on a train too to begin with. I mean, like, yeah, I'm like, I want, which is a little bit different. And like, I used to have dreams about zombies all the time, and one of them was on a train. Yeah, and what's so spot on? And them following me through each and every cart. Yeah, it's so spot on how they do the introduction into the infection. Yeah. You know, you get the very subtle jump scare moment in the beginning that just the girl sees and no one else notices. Yeah. And then it spawns to one character in one car and it spreads to everybody in that car within a matter of seconds. Right. The progression. Yeah. And then how they discover what's going on and how they like realize how they can stop it. I don't yeah, know I don't want to get in. I, for me really personally... Cool. There is a scene that that involves some of what you're talking about that I don't want to divulge yet until we get into our favorite scenes. But yeah, I totally agree. So yeah, it was awesome. Like it, it's it's, I mean it it takes from other horror film or other zombie films. Both of these do. You know, a lot of them have a, a big nod to American zombie films. Probably, yeah. I mean that's where um, we started. And they take so. little bits of pe- little bits and pieces. You know, from Italian horror, from American horror, and zombie films specifically of course but they still take this and and spin it their own way yeah and there's different things that they introduce in these movies that are not introduced in others you know like even though it's a cross between a 28 day later and a world war z zombie they're still their own okay you know they're still their own kind of like zombies and both of these still have very human aspects to them sure even after they're fully turned they're still human in a way i really liked it I think the strongest thing about this film isn't the zombies necessarily. It isn't the, I don't know. I mean, while the train is like a nice little fucking set piece, uh, I think it's just the adversity in this film. That's like super interesting and, uh, enjoyable, mm-hmm. uh, watching people who are good, bad, indifferent, become good people or bad people is probably one of the most, uh, redeeming things about this movie in general is just, Seeing like what, how people react to a poor situation, good mm-hmm. and and bad. So I love yeah. that. Well, I agree. It's it's very. I like even the homeless real. guy. You know what I mean? It's very real. Yeah. Like how you specifically would react in this type of situation, as I felt like they did a good job of portraying it. Yeah. Like how people would actually respond. Right. Put in that spot, like, and you have very selfless people, and you have very selfish people. Yeah. And it's this cross that you watch between the two of them. You watch selfish people become selfless people or selfish people stay selfish. Or get worse. Or get fucking worse where they become murderous yeah. and just scared. ravenous and they're just terrified, but they put themselves first over everybody else and they don't care who the fuck they hurt in the process. Right. You know, and it's very, I, I felt like it stayed very true to how people would actually respond in that kind of a situation. I would never allow that to happen if I was in a safe area. I would never let them do that to like do that to another person. I'm not sure I follow which part you're talking about. Where the people there's him and his daughter and the big tough guy and his girlfriend and like baseball player. Um, they've come through five cars on the right. train and then they rescued the people or whatever and they come through and they're trying to get to where the the younger girl is. That was the baseball player's girlfriend because she's on the train and they have the old lady, the sister to the other old lady that's with this other group of people. Gotcha. So there's like the asshole business guy or whatever, you know, and they won't let them in. They've like blocked off that door and they've tied it off so they can't get in there. They're not going to let them in. They're not going to help them. Like that's the part where I'm like, I would never let that happen. Yeah. 
if that was me, because I'm not going to let people fucking die. Like, I, I understand where they're coming from. I don't know, man. You know, fight or flight. Sometimes you do some crazy shit you don't realize. Right, and you don't know if you're wrong or not in that situation. But in that, I'm just like... It, well, also, I feel like it's different when you're watching it and you're like, you're wrong. Well, there's <laughs> like, a different perspective of somebody that's on that, that place in that position that doesn't have anybody on there that they care about. And there's also a different position as somebody that does. Right. So, you like know... there's instant gratifying karma. Imagine <laughs> if you were in a... Imagine if you were on the side where they talked off all the good people, right? And you had some family members on the other side. You would do anything to keep them from getting hurt. Right. Or prevent them. So, but but that, again, is the adversity, the choices that you make throughout this movie that these characters make. It's like, it presents a question to the viewer, like, what, what would, would you, you do? do in this situation? Which is phenomenal. And it's super realistic and human and... Uh, it just it just makes you pick your favorites and your least favorites and who and then the justification of people dying and the sacrifice of others who who die for others and like it just puts it in a perspective. It's really interesting. Thought mm-hmm. it was cool. No, it was awesome. You know, relatable. What would I do differently or what would I do that's similar? I mean, I every time I watch movies like that, like I always think about that kind of situation too, and I always like lean over to Christine. I'm like, would you do that for me? Would you? Yeah. Do that? <laughs> I know. Just like temperature checking to make sure that she I, wouldn't just I'm pretty shut sure the I, door on me. I did that during this movie at one point, too. Or I With looked at Alice and I'm like, would you do that for me? You do that for me, right? <laughs> the fuck? Um, but did you have a favorite scene in particular for this? Um, I had quite a few, but... In chronological order, please. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> one of the things that I wanted to point out that you kind of touched upon is like, before you realize that the outbreak is on the train... And that zombies, uh, zombies, wow, <laughs> zombies are happening, and they're sucking the heads off of people uh, or biting people. They, you, you see all this group of people watching a TV on the train, and you see them like showing news reporters like getting attacked, people biting and freaking out in the street. And then as they're watching that, you can feel the tension that they feel from seeing something like that on the TV. And then immediately after, you see zombies running into that cabin of that train. And it's like, holy fuck. Like, I was telling Christina, I was like, can you imagine, like, the panic that you would feel just seeing something like that on the TV? And then trying to rationalize what the fuck has just happened on the TV. And then immediately after that, zombies pouring in and biting everybody mm-hmm. right in front of you and happening immediately. That is insane. Like, And I think that that in particular, that scene, for me, it's not the favorite scene. I just really enjoyed that moment because it made me think about being in that situation a little bit. And I really, I really love that. So Yeah, that's like the big climactic introduction into what it's gonna sure. happen yeah like that's the big oh shit fucking moment that begins the shit storm of downhill which is always fun right right which is you know like in hero it's when he's out on the street essentially like before there's scenes prior to that to introduce you to it but out on the street when he's watching all this shit go down is your fir- your first real introduction into like shit's getting real Right. No, yeah. Like, what the fuck are we going to do? And that that's your biggest one is the girl that comes in the train and she's obviously fucking infected. And they're trying to, like, allude to the fact that it's, like, this homeless guy. And it's not, you know. Well, yeah. He's trying to warn them in a way. And that meanwhile, they're worried about him. But there's a girl that's obviously bitten and that starts to turn. Right. And then 
instantly. And she turns like three fucking cars of people. Right. And it's nuts. Like it's, and it's so a, fucking like, within fast seconds, paced. guys. Yeah, it's so fucking fast paced. It's just in your face and fucking crazy. And by the way, guys, to give you kind of an idea a little bit about the story, because we did not divulge this. I wanted to give you this before we get in any more um tellings of the favorite scenes is that essentially this story is about a father who is living with his daughter and his mother and him and his wife had split up who had their daughter together she lives in busan um the mom does the mom does and then he lives in like the metropolis area where he's working a really big business job and they're somehow connected to this whole fucking story, by the way. But you don't find that out until the very He's end. He's a hedge fund manager. Yeah. Or a funds manager. Yeah, whatever. he basically does stock marketing. Stock market shit. And whatever else. But he doesn't spend very much time with his daughter. So his wife, his ex-wife, is telling him that she needs to take him, take her to her instead of just putting her on a train by herself. He doesn't want to take her and put her on her by herself, but he's got so much work to do with this job mm-hmm. that he's willing to put her second best, second fiddle again to do it. And so, you know, push comes to shove. He realizes he kind of has to be there for her because it's his daughter's birthday that day. He even goes and buys like a console that he has his assistant <laughs> buy for him and wrap. He doesn't even know what's in the fucking box. And then she opens it up in front of him and it's a Wii U. And she's like, I already have one of these, Dad. Like, already. And they look over and it's like right there. (laughs) And then he's like, and she's like, well, he's like, well, what would you like for your birthday? And she's like, I would like you to take me to Busan to see mom. And so he does. And this is a business guy, right? Like, he's kind of teetering on the the ledge of uh, I'm a good guy, but I'm not really kind of guy. Like, he's lost track of everything because he's so obsessed with his success Mm -hmm. and doing the, you know, doing the work. So, but just to give you kind of an idea. So when he gets on this tr- this train, all this shit's going wrong. He's getting calls from his job and shit's like deteriorating everywhere. Yeah. And their last lifeline is to get to Busan. So it really becomes the point of, well, I'm glad I stood out there for my daughter because now I'm alive. Right. You know, whereas if he wouldn't have made that choice, he would have died. So it's kind of like, you know, there's a moral to the story and I'll explain my thoughts on that towards the end but mm-hmm. just want to give everybody a little bit of a background uh but what about you what about one of your favorite scenes i like when the whole fucking baseball team gets infected yeah that was cool that was pretty dope because there's only technically like two survivors out of it well no there's a handful actually later on there ends up only being two but yeah because it's the girl and the guy yeah, yeah. but it's are you talking about the time where they go into the cart where it's all his friends? Yeah, it's no, no, not that part. Like when they initially get infected, it's really cool, but it's super fast. They, the don't, attack scene, they yeah. don't really like is it they're part of like one of the cars that immediately gets taken over. Um, and then the four or five of them are the only ones that are able to get out of it. And then they start to realize that they can't open the doors. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then they realize also that if they don't see them. They're not going to attack, so they, like, use the water in the newspaper and stick it up on the on the door. Right. And they block it off, which I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, right. That's interesting. Like, that's not something that I've really ever seen done. So, they're like, T-Rexes, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're, like, blind. <laughs> like, and, yeah, they're mostly blind sensory. because of their eyes. Like, they're, yeah. mo- they're blind and sensory, pretty much. Like, do they react to noise, which I thought was really interesting. Every single interaction between... Sekwu and Songkira? 
Sukwu. Sukwu and Sankira, which he's, Sankira is the big buff guy with the pregnant okay, wife. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every interaction between him, the two of them is incredible. Like, it's it's just so funny because he calls him asshole the whole time or, you know, don't you want to apologize to me? For... Well, he calls his, her dad out a lot. Oh, yeah. Talks shit to him the whole time, but they end up becoming friends and every interaction they have with each other is just spot on and funny, but realistic at the same time. You know, yeah. like, he's trying to look out for his pregnant wife, but he's also trying to look out for everybody else. Well, one of my favorite scenes with him in particular, mm-hmm. I can't remember her name, Suwan. Suwan. She goes to the bathroom. She goes to go to the bathroom, and that big guy, Song, he's like standing there waiting on his pregnant wife to get out, and she's like temperamental because she's pregnant. After that, though, like you see there's a conversation between him, his pregnant wife, and Suwan, and she's like, Do you see this? Like, I'm pregnant. Like, do you want to feel my belly? And then she feels it, and she gets surprised, and he was like, yeah. I made that. I made that, yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was just kind of... And then she looks at him like... And he's like, what? I did. I made it. Like, yeah. I really made it. <laughs> yeah. I did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was so funny. He's just so proud, you know? He I is. just thought that was, like, cute little thing. No, it was cool, and that's part of the character development that I really liked. Yeah. You know, like, you, you specifically start to bond with each individual character on these different tiny little sub-story moments. Okay. Which I thought was very well placed. And so you you begin to understand who they're going to be in the progression of the movie. Yeah. Which I really liked. So I I thought it was just done really well. Um, I also really like where he he kind of... Um, the main character, so Sekwu... The father. The father is in conversation back with his work and he discovers that the area that they're being forced to stop at they have to be um quarantined and which is not where they want to stop because they want to go straight to busan right but whatever the city is that they make them stop at okay yeah i was like and uh, they tell started him, with a d it's yeah they tell Dujong him or something, or something like that they tell them to go off to the right when everybody else goes off to the left Right, or something. at some point. And so they, they do that, and it's just him and his daughter, and then, like, the homeless man, like, kind of, like, follows them, too. And then you end up meeting, you know, it's supposed to be quarantined, right? So there's all of this, like, military that's supposed to be there, and they're supposed to be keeping everybody safe and whatever. Well, you watch this slow progression of all of the other characters coming down the escalator, seeing the military gathered there at the base of the escalator, and all of a sudden, like, one turns around, and he's infected. Right, slides on the floor and everything. And then the rest of the fucking military, all these fucking people that are standing there that are supposed to be there to help you because they're all supposedly quarantining, right? Right. They all turn around, they're all infected, and they attack. And it's the craziest just, like, shitstorm fucking moment well, of, like, totally trying is. to jump over the wall of the escalator to get to the stairs so they can run up the stairs and get away. And there's people that are just, like, so many people are getting taken out in that moment. Yeah. And there's so like many. Like, more than half the train. Yeah, there's so fucking many infected people. Right. It's insane. I love the parts where they were bust, like the zombies, the military zombies, were like busting through the windows and mm-hmm. shit. Like they bust through this door, this glass door, which was really cool, and it just spills out into they the thing. all on top of each other. They bust out of this window, like onto, a tra- onto the train, which was really cool. I thought it was like, I was like, damn, they're like all over the fucking place. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, that's where it kind of really reminds me of like- World War Z. Yeah, World War Z, especially when they're top 
toppling over each other like that because they're like ants, like World War Z was, which yeah. some people liked and didn't like about that movie. But I don't know. Thought it was cool here at least. So, and then the other one of the other scenes that I have, the last one I have, is when um, without ruining anything because it's a very sentimental movie, so yeah. you kind of want to watch it. Uh, but there was a whole bunch of zombies hanging on to the end of a train. That was so And they cool. start piling on top of each other. And, like, the editing and the, like, work that they did to make everybody be dragged by the train was so cool looking. And then, of course, you can see, like, all the dead zombies underneath at the end. And they, like, kind of climb over it, like, as they're trying to chase after the train. I thought it was... I don't know. I uh, love that scene too. Yeah, I thought that was cool. It was cool. I don't want to ruin too much. It's like, this is one of those movies which is like. You can't ha- keep going describing it. You can't. It's not like just like, hey, there's this cool scene and then there's that. It's more of an overall experience. Um, it's not really like overly graphically gore anything, but there is some like gore in it. Oh, uh, yeah. You see some violence and stuff. There's really great action. Elements. It's like an action thriller. F- whatever drama yeah there's there's really great elements in this movie that are a little unique and a little bit different it's kind of like an emotional fucking thrill ride they do a really really good job yeah that's what i liked about it so much is that it's very real there were some parts where i was a little irritated with like that drug on a little too much yeah like the whole train zombie fight yeah i thought that was a little too much i liked their uh i love that shit though I mean, I, I like I like the get transition it. of them getting ready, Shaun of the Dead style. Like, well, I'm just for, like, thinking preparation to fight through the trains, yeah, and, <laughs> uh, the compartments. And, by like, the yes. way, guys, earmuffs if you don't want to hear this. Um, but yeah, like where he puts his hand in the zombie's mouth when he didn't need to, he could have just pushed it off the side. Who? The father. Oh, at the end. Yeah, like yeah. what the fuck, dude? Like I was so mad, dude. Just push the motherfucker over the rail. He could have done like, it a million times that's, prior, and that pissed me off. That's too. the part where I was talking about. It was like it was unnecessary. They could have just pushed him over. I agree. And I kind of lost a little bit of the impact that that had. But it was nice when the father just dives off the end of the train. Yeah, that was cool. That was it cool. Was really it was sad. redeeming, but it wasn't. It just didn't make sense to me. Like he should have just gotten accidentally bit and threw him over the side and been done with it, and, and it would have had way more impact with me right. in particular. No, I agree. It's not a perfect movie, but it's I not didn't a bad really movie. Like that part either. It kind of pissed me off. Right. I mean, it's probably because you just invested this much amount of time in the character. But, I mean, the moral of the story... Oh, it still wasn't gratifying. <laughs> right. I mean, the moral of the story of this is don't be a selfish prick or you gonna die. Oh, you gonna die and it's gonna be great when you do. <laughs> and if you like to sacrifice yourself for other people, the zombies will gladly take you. Oh, well, yeah. So, enjoy that, too. So, it's like... So, it's not just selfish pricks. It's don't sacrifice yourself for other people, either, because well, yeah, it's like this. gonna die. Well, it's a balance, right? So, find the right balance. Yeah. Help people out, but don't be a fucking idiot. <laughs> it's pretty much the uh, the general concept behind this. I definitely enjoyed this movie, though. I mean, I definitely, seeing it a second time, I know that I would watch it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it is, it's, it's a classical sort of story mixed in with a little bit of a modern sort of thing. Right. But it is a classical story and the adversity, the, you know, what would I do in this situation is really interesting. And I think it's a a huge dynamic to the movie. I think it pays a lot of tribute to humanity. And I think that's what probably is why people like it so much. Well, yeah, I'm not like, you know, coming to my own mouth about it, but I still like it a lot. Like, I I think it's a it's a really good movie. Like, it's a well done movie all around. It was well done. So, I don't know. What about you? No, I agree. I, To me, it's more believable. 
in the aspect of the situation, like how you would handle it and what would what you would do and how this happens and how it would spread or, or whatever in comparison to Hero. Um, so that was my takeaway from it was I was I was a, e- more easily able to put myself in that kind of a predicament. Okay. And picture like what I would do. Okay. You know, in that type of situation, it was more believable for this like zombie apocalypse versus for Hero. Um, but either way, I I had fun with it. It was definitely like emotional roller coaster of a film. Like it okay. had its highs and it had lows, and they did a really really great job of telling a story. Well, to let me fruition. Here's the big question though. Now, if we had to pin one against the other of the two movies, I am a hero, and Train to Busan. Which one do you <laughs> think ultimately won your attention the most? Or won your heart, whatever. It's so hard because I love both of them for completely different reasons. Right. Um, because I felt like cinematically, overall, Train to Busan is far better. Okay. As far as telling a story and having a story and really taking you that on that emotional roller coaster. It does a great job of starting and finishing, like in this full and complete circle. And it, it's all these emotions that you cycle through and you, it has better character development and it is just far fucking superior to me. Okay. But <laughs> I'm a Hero is so fucking entertaining. Yeah. It's so funny. It's so fun. It's very fast paced. There are some slow moments in it, but there's a lot of slow moments in Train to Busan too. Right. So it's kind of, that's more of a like follow closely movie where Hero is not. Like a follow closely movie, yeah, like you it just take have a lot of fun work. with it. Like, yeah. and there are so many scenes in that movie that are just so fucking incredible, and the the gore elements of it are just impeccably done. Mm-hmm. And I had so much fun watching it. So what and do you think? Come on. So overall, as much as I don't want to say it, but I am a hero is my is my pick, right? Of the two, which I thought I was gonna go with Train over this and i thought we were going to be divided but sure no no i mean out of what grabbed my attention more we have to be really really specific with that and what grabbed my attention from start to finish and i was glued to the fucking screen yeah was i'm a hero i um my opinion is this train to busan i thought was a really great movie uh it is definitely a hundred percent like really good like i mean there's i it's, it's more than i was ever expecting from the movie um the trailer was got me interested, but watching the movie, it just me kind of blew me away as it being a really good film. But I have to say that even though that it has some of the classical style acting, writing, and like heartfelt moments and everything like that, I feel like I Am a Hero is just a little bit better than it in the visual eye candy and experience. To me. No, I agree. It's not that I don't like classical styled movies or anything like that. It's just I am a hero is just batshit. It's 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 it en- is. it's endearing. It has its sentimental moments at times. It has the comedy. It has a lot in there, you know, more of everything, I think, than than Train to Busan. Mm-hmm. If you really wanted to put a like, you know, oh, I'm a film connoisseur, like some people could probably break it down to me and say, well, this one's a way better movie than that. And they're probably right. But for me and my personal interest, I just feel like I am a hero, even though it has some a large dry spell in the middle of the the, the third or the second act, the end of the second act. Mm hmm. It's still fucking fun, dude. Yeah, it is. And I, and overall, I just I would see myself reaching for that one over Train to Busan just a little bit more. 
So that's yeah. my opinion. I can agree to that. Suck it. Suck my dick. <laughs> what do you guys think? Have you seen both of these movies? Which of the movies have you seen? And then what do you think about each of these movies? Do you love Train to Busan? Do you love I'm a Hero? Do you think one or the other beats the other? And why? Like, why would you pr- pick one over the other? It's it's hard to compare because they're different tonal movies, although they both have a large entertainment envelope, I think, that covers a lot of bases in each of the movies. I think one's just a little bit more exaggerated and in my speed than the other. So Right. But yeah. what do you guys think? I would love to hear it. So Give us your opinion. Yeah. Sound off on our comments in our fucking Long Live the Void post, on our Facebook, our Twitter, our Horamino, our fucking SoundCloud, wherever you want to fucking vocally speak to us, please do it. Please. For the love of God. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, I uh, enjoyed. I'm glad that we're back with a full week, guys. It was uh, it was definitely fun watching these films. If you get a chance, check them out. See what you think. Get back to us for sure, at least if you haven't seen either of them. So, but uh, other than that, we are obviously going to be back next Monday. The brand new thing. We don't even know what we're going to be talking about yet. We haven't even discussed it because we're still coming off a of vacation a little bit here. Uh, but. Uh, Definitely check back on Monday, and if you haven't already, please go to longlivethevoid.com to check out any of our sections and share any of the stuff you have. If you've listened this far into the episode, then please help us share this to uh, new people that might be able to listen and enjoy it with us, because we always appreciate it. If you're on iTunes and you've listened there, or maybe you don't even listen on iTunes, give us a rating and review, or just a rating. It really goes a long way. So, But uh, other than that, guys, thank you so much for stopping by this week. We hope you had a fucking great Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll see you next time, guys. Stay weird, monsters. Oh,